Welcome to Toolbox and Testimony, the podcast meant to equip you with tools to help you navigate Christian life and to encourage you with stories of God's faithfulness. I'm Tanner Van Beek, campus ministry worker in Des Moines, Iowa. Thanks for joining me for episode seven. Man, it's been seven episodes already. That's crazy. That's crazy. I guess when you're putting out two episodes a week, they they just are rolling by real quick. But you may have noticed the new intro music. How awesome is that? Yeah, what I used to have was just like this stock music you find online. And it's free as long as you um, post who it's by each time that you use it. But it is a little hokey. It's a little bit uh, cringy. So one of my musically inclined friends, Oliver Glant, contacted me and asked if it'd be cool if he made music for the podcast. And of course, I'm going to say yes. And so uh, thanks to Oliver Glantz for the new intro music. It's awesome, man. It's really cool. Makes me want to dance. But nobody wants to see me dance. Yet, <laughs> you guys know that saying that, that someone has a face for radio? Well, I have dancing skills for podcasting, so you are spared of that. But for episode seven, this time, uh, I'm aware that these episodes are getting progressively longer. I think every episode has been longer than the one before it, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do that. (laughs) Uh, You know, personally, like my personality, I'm not a huge talker either, so it's surprising. I don't know, you just put up a mic and it all just flows out. I don't know. But I I just, I love talking about Jesus. And I started this little podcast just as kind of a habit, not a habit, uh, like a pet hobby. And I started it after I was convicted about, you know, just using every available like means that I have to exalt the Lord Jesus with my life. And I was just convicted about, man, am I just using every area of my life to lift Jesus up? And so that's what this is, and that's what this is all about. And, uh, you know, if 30 people listen to it, or 100 people, or uh, last week I think we had 7 billion people listen to the podcast, you know, if you listen to it and you're encouraged to look to Christ, then I think that that's a job well done. And man, these are the times where I'm just constantly reminded that I need to be looking to Christ. I mean... With everything that's been going on lately, this week has been tough. We have some big trips coming up here to to Rhode Island and to Colorado later, and all these things are in flux with the corona numbers going up and up and up. And we don't know if they're going to happen, and and people are getting sick and needing to quarantine. And Oh, man, it's just, it's a huge mess, it feels like. And it's just, it's really stressful. And I just need to be reminded constantly that, God is in control, and God's plan is good, and God means it for good, and I just need to trust God with that. But another rough thing that's happened this week is a couple days ago, uh, a man died who really, really reminded me all the time to, to go to Christ. And this guy's name is Jay Adams. Jay Adams passed away a couple days ago. And let me tell you a little bit about who Jay Adams is. So I'd never heard of Jay Adams until my first year in Bible college, actually. And I minored in counseling. 
when I was in Bible college, and so I'd never heard of Jay Adams until my first counseling class. But he was basically the man that pretty much wrote the book on biblical counseling. In fact, he wrote like over a hundred books, so so he wrote the books on biblical counseling. But Jay Adams came onto the scene uh, years and years ago where the church was just being completely captivated by these secular counseling practices. And when I say secular counseling practices, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the guys like Freud, the guys like Skinner, the guys like Maslow, you know, these counseling practices that, you know, you think about like in pop culture of like, you know, the patient sitting down on the couch and the counselors is constantly asking, how does that make you feel? How does this make you feel? Or, or points you to, you know, this, this splotchy ink painting and asking you the first thing that comes to your head. But Jay Adams came on the scene and he, he noticed that when these practices were being popularized, uh, he noticed that the people in the church were, you know, be, being captivated by this. And this was a big problem because people started to see this disconnect in their life, like from their problems to um, the church. And so they would be less prone to go to their pastor or, you know, whoever is discipling them in the church. And they would quickly instead turn to like psychiatrists and medication and these secular counseling practices and all of these different things instead of going to the church first. And what this did was it effectively removed um, people's personal problems from the church. And man, that's just so, so dangerous when we fall into that. It's basically saying like, you know what, like the church is God's area, but my personal problems, uh, that's not God's domain. That's not God's domain. And I'll just throw a disclaimer out there right now just to get it out there that I'm not saying that there's never a time to go to a psychiatrist and be prescribed medication. There are definitely biological factors that can play into our behavior. And and so I'm not one of those people that's saying like, you know what, like medication, like, like that's not for Christians ever. I, I'm definitely not advocating for that. But what I am saying is that People can be far too prone to take their personal problems to secular counseling instead of bringing them to a pastor or bringing them to the person that's discipling them. Jay Adams came onto the scene and he noticed that the people in the church were doing this. And oh man, I think about sometimes when God purposes to use somebody, it's just unbelievable what God can do using a man in the Bible. And Jay Adams, he, he basically brought back the idea of biblical sufficiency and reminding people, you know what, if we believe that the Bible is this, if we believe that the Bible is the word of God and that it's truly capable of fully equipping us to live a Christian life, then the Bible can speak into every area of our life. And we need to use the Bible in our counseling. So he's written a lot of great material on counseling from a biblical perspective and using the Bible. And I've so much benefited from his work and the way that I view discipleship 
he's just greatly affected. And, and so I, I was so sorry to hear that he'd passed away. But I'm also, you know, just rejoicing in the fact that he's with the Lord right now. And he labored so hard during his lifetime. And just the fact that he is, is seeing Jesus right now face to face and enjoying his presence perfectly, that's, you know, that's the comfort that we have when a believer dies, right? And last week I spoke about one of Jay Adams' books, the How to Help People Change. And I really just, I recommend just looking up some of his books if you're interested in any type of counseling or one-on-one discipleship. They're just, they've really touched my heart and helped me to understand. But today I don't really want to get into any new scripture passage, but I want to revisit something that I talked about in last week's Toolbox episode. Specifically, the fourth step in how to help people change, training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. And so I want to talk about habits this week. In that book, Jay Adams reminded me as I was reading it, in terms of discipling somebody and helping somebody to walk in righteousness, not to shy away from talking about habits. And I was kind of surprised when I read that, first of all, because when I think of habits, like, you know, that doesn't, they don't sound spiritual. Like, there's nothing spiritual sounding about talking about habits. And if I'm fully prepared to use the Bible for counseling and use the Bible for discipleship, then why would I reach out and grab this idea of habits and bring that into this? Well, it makes sense when you think about it, because... That's how God has wired us. You know, when we talk about habits, we're talking about the way that God has made us. And habits are kind of like, (laughs) bear with me now, bear with me now, but they're similar to sex in the fact that God gave sex as a good gift that we've twisted and made it bad in our minds. But God made us to be creatures of habit. We, we do things again and again and again, and they become automatic. And so if we're approaching this from a discipleship perspective, you know, this is not fruitful. This is not fruitful to think about when it's not stemming from a right heart. It's not coming from the right motivation of, I want to please God with my life. I want to walk in holiness. I want to be like God because God is holy. If I'm just trying to do these things because it'll be better for me or it'll fix these certain areas of my life, you know, that's not pleasing to God. But if I'm coming at this from my new identity is a child of God and I can do righteous things now because God has given me a new heart that loves him and wants to please him, well, that that's where this discussion becomes profitable. Then we can start talking about, okay, you have this new heart, you want to please God, you want to walk in holiness. Well, let's talk about how you're practically living that out. What are the structures that you have in place to help you walk in holiness? And if this is the posture of the person that you're discipling, then, you know, that's awesome. That's awesome. But start talking to them about their habits. You know, are they always like coming to you because they've fallen into this old pattern of sin and this is just something that they struggle and struggle and struggle with, well, find out about their habits. Find out about their surroundings. You know, we we have these structures in place that 
oh man, when when you have a bad habit, it's so so tough to break. Why is that? Well, I'm I'm not like a scientist or anything. There's people that can talk much more about this than I can, right? But from my very simple like layman's understanding, a habit is so tough to break because it's this pattern that is embedded, it's imprinted on the neural pathways of your brain. So it's like a brain thing. If you do something again and again and again, um, and you are rewarded by it, it, it cements it into your brain. That's why a bad habit is so tough to break. This is why falling into the same pattern of sin again and again is something that happens pretty frequently. And so in terms of discipleship, if you're helping somebody to break this, like say for example that someone really has a problem with looking at things they shouldn't look at on their phone before bed. And they are just torn up about their sin. They have a heart to live for God. They want to walk in holiness, but this is just something that has a grip on them. Well, it's time to have that conversation about their habits and their environment. You know, hey, hey, buddy, like, <laughs> are you taking your phone, like, into bed, like, with you at night? Like, if this is something that you really struggle with, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Take a look at the structures that they have in place, and if it's necessary, then help them to break those structures that make it so easy for them to fall into sin. Jesus teaches about this idea of radical amputation. He says it's better to cut off your hand rather than fall into sin. He says it's better to pluck your own eye out than to fall back into sin because your eye causes you to sin. And so that just that's a habits conversation, right? Help them to break the structures that make it so easy to fall back into sin and really challenge them. You know, if you're really committed to honoring God with your life, then you're going to do what it takes. And now turn the table and let's talk about helping someone to walk in holiness and to instill these new patterns of living. Reading the things like reading the Bible every day or praying every day or anything like that, spiritual disciplines, you know, that's also a habits conversation. I think the average amount of time that it takes to form a new habit is 21 days. I don't know if that's like a wives' tale or not. I looked it up and like the actual numbers I found were anywhere between 18 to 254 days. Like (laughs) what the heck? That's such a big range. So I don't know how long that it actually takes. But just this idea that uh, when you do something again and again and again, then that forms a habit. And so we need to in, in discipleship conversations, not shy away from talking about habits, but we need to employ this concept because it's the way that God has made us. We're creatures of habit. So we need to leverage our habits to help us in our spiritual journey, in our spiritual disciplines. And, and that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about today, that just this idea of habits and how it can help us to train ourselves and to train other people in righteousness. I said I wasn't going to go over time today, so uh, I think that's a wrap. But thanks for tuning in for episode 7 of TNT. Uh, We have a Facebook page, Toolbox and Testimony on Facebook. Hop on there. We have an email address, toolboxandtestimony at gmail.com. 
If there's any particular passages you want me to hit, or any topics, just send an email my way. Uh, but until next time, I hope your soul is encouraged and your toolbox is heavier. Enjoy this new music. <laughs>